stand. We'll continue with our song service. Psalms chapter 46, verse number 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen, and I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Benson, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? and singing hymn number 164. Praise him, praise him. Jesus, our
as we go to the Lord in prayer for our offering today. Brother Potts, would you pray for us, please? <laughs> Amen. Thank you. You may be seated.
When I was lost in my sin, I remember her well. That night when the Lord saved my soul from hell. And I thank God every day for His grace on me. Cause I'm washed, I'm redeemed, and I've been set free. Thank the Lord for the glorious night when the blessed Holy Ghost led me to the light at the altar where I prayed. Jesus washed my sins away and oh how sweet is the sound. I once was lost but now I'm found. God's amazing grace still amazes me. Now there's been times I've walked away from the Lord. My sins grew many, my heart grew cold. Fellowship was broken, I felt so all alone. Oh, but it didn't matter how far I'd gone. God was still faithful and I came back home. My sins were forgiven and grace to me was shown. Now I stand here before you tonight, rejoicing everything's alright. Cause in my heart, I know that I am saved. How I long to do God's will. Yes, I know I failed Him still. But I'm so glad that His grace never will. And I thank the Lord for the glorious night when the blessed Holy Ghost led me to the light. At the altar where I prayed, Jesus washed my sins away, and oh how sweet is the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. God's amazing grace still amazes me. And I thank the Lord for the glorious night when the blessed Holy Ghost led me to the light. At the altar where I prayed, Jesus washed my sins away, and oh how sweet is the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. God's amazing grace still amazes me. Oh how sweet is the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. down and saved you. If you've not experienced that yet, you need And as stands we sing and lift it up to the Lord today, my Jesus, I love thee, hymn number 174. My Jesus, I love thee, my Lord, thou art 
up looking just how far we've come knowing that for every step you were with us kneeling on this battleground seeing just how much you've done knowing every victory was your power in us scars and struggles on the way but with joy our hearts can say Yes, our hearts can sing. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. Lean on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory was your power in us. Scars and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, Yes, our hearts can sing. Never once did we ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. Every step we are breathing in your grace, evermore we'll be breathing out your praise. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. You would take your Bibles, turn to Psalms. 145, Psalms 145. If you can, stand with me in reverence to the reading of the Word of God. I'll begin in verse number 1. You can follow along. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, And I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, And I will declare thy greatness. 
they shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and of the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, and to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will be destroyed. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today, and we're so thankful to be able to be in your house and to worship you. Lord, it's our prayer and desire that we would just meet with you. The Holy Spirit would come and move in our lives and our hearts, and your will would be done. Lord, that we would leave here today refreshed and encouraged and serving you in a greater way. Lord, we pray for those that maybe here that have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. And if they were to die right now, they don't know that heaven would be their eternal home. Lord, I pray today that they might come to that saving knowledge of Jesus before it's eternally too late. God, we love you and we thank you. And great and awesome God that you are. And we pray and ask that you might be honored and glorified through all that is said and done. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. And all the people said, Amen. you may be seated. Psalms 145 is David's last psalm in the book of Psalms. I know, you're probably like me, you say, well, you know, I was raised to believe that David wrote all the Psalms, and, you know, it's all assigned to him. But that's not true. David did not write all the Psalms. As a matter of fact, from time to time, as you're reading through Psalms, you'll see the different Psalms attributed to different authors. But this is the last Psalms in the book of Psalms that David did write. And so David's been writing all these songs about God, and he's been lifting him up and glorifying him. And it's only fitting to me that David would end writing songs about God with this one. This song is a song of praising God, and it calls out several of his qualities that are worth all of our praise. And I've entitled this message today, The G-Force of Psalms 145. So, um, Many of you know I, I like mechanical things. I've worked on cars for years. And so I'm just going to give you some information here. Some of you will enjoy it. Some of you will endure it. 
Dragsters, see I've already lost half of you, but I've got some of you looking at me right now. You're in with me. Dragsters reach over 300 miles an hour before you've completed reading the sentence. That quick. In order to exceed 300 miles an hour in 4.5 seconds, dragsters must accelerate an average of over 4 Gs in order to reach 200 miles an hour well before half track, the launch acceleration approaches 8 Gs. 0 to 100 in 0.8 seconds, the first 60 feet of the run. 0 to 200 miles an hour in 2.2 seconds, the first 350 feet of the run. 6 G forces at the starting line, nothing accelerates faster on land than a dragster. Six negative Gs upon deployment of the twin chutes at 300 miles an hour. That's a NHRA top fuel dragster. How about jets? Some fighter jets can pull up to nine Gs vertically. If they keep the, and, and uh, so the pilots wear G suits to keep them from passing out, to push the blood from their legs up to their brains so they do not pass out. So with all that said, my point is that G's get your attention, okay? G's get your attention. If you're running a dragster or you're flying a military jet or if you're reading the Word of God, they ought to get your attentions. So today we're going to look at 14 G's out of Psalms 145 that ought to get our attention and require an action, so the first set of G's is found in verse number 3. Verse number 3, 145. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. Interesting that we have this. So the word great is used in verse 3, verse 7, and verse number 8. The word greatly is used in this verse, verse 3, and greatness is used in verse 3 and verse number 6. So I'm going to put them all together for the sake of time that we can get through 14 in hopefully, you know, 30, 45 minutes. It's interesting in this verse that we witness a progression of the word great. This just kind of took me back while I was studying, doing my study this week. The word great here is an adjective. And so it means large in magnitude and extent, large in importance, large in important things. And so the word great is the first uh, term of great that we see. Next, we see greatly, which is an adverb. I did learn a few things in English. They add L-Y, and that makes it an adverb, and it's in a great degree. It's much. So we have great, and we have greatly, which is a little bigger than great. And uh, by adding the suffix L-Y to the end of an adjective, turns the word to an adverb uh, in a certain manner, to a certain degree. Uh, so great is now greatly. It's increased. It's that much more. It's a very exceeding. And then we come to greatness, which is a noun. Now, this just kind of blew my mind because I'm not great at English, so I did a lot of reading studying to figure this out for you, okay? So we go from an adjective to an adverb to a noun, all in one verse, all with the same word. Pretty amazing to me. I'm just like, wow, look at that. And I've been sitting on this all week long. I wanted to tell somebody about it, Okay. Greatness means largeness of bulk, dimensions, number of quality. So it sounds like the word great, but it's 
the nuts that changes it, makes it even greater than the great. So we have great, we have greatly, and now we have greatness, which is the biggest of all. The suffix any SS means state, condition, or quality. Words, usually adjectives with the suffix ness, become nouns. Uh, that means having the quality of the root word. The noun happiness is the quality of being happy, or the word greatness is the quality of great. And so it's just amazing that in one verse we get uh, three major parts of speech on one word in one verse. Just really is so great. We have a great Lord. He is greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. Hallelujah. Didn't take long to get through the first three, did it? Let's go to the second one. Generation. This is found in two verses, verses 14 and 13. If you're underlining your Bible, I'd suggest you do it. Just underline all the G's that you find here in Psalms 145. Verse number 4 says, One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. In verse 13 it says, Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. That word generations, the act of, of begetting, of like procreation, a single succession and a natural descent as the children of the same parents, the people of the same period, are living at the same time. Genealogy is a series of children or descendants of the same stock. And so we have the word generations. And it's talking here about the generations. And as he's referring to the generation, he says, The generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare the mighty acts. So this uh, week on Thursday night, I had my grandson call me. He's going to Bible college down at uh, Heartland in Oklahoma City and uh, studying. And he called me and said, Grandpa, he said, I need to interview a preacher. And uh, last year I interviewed my dad. I was wondering, can I interview you? I'm like, sure. Yeah, go ahead. So he asked me several questions about ministry work and being in ministry. And then he asked me this uh, interesting question. He said, what's the, what's the greatest blessing of having been a pastor as long as you had and where you're at. I said, well, to me, the greatest blessing is the fact that I've been able to be pastor at Shawnee Mission for 33 years. And the reason it's the greatest blessing is the generations. So I met Alice when she was a teenage girl. No Steve in sight. Just a teenage girl being drugged around by mom and dad, going to Papua New Guinea, and all those kind of things, that's how I met her. And then she shows up bringing this guy, Brother Steve, who we all love, right? Brother Steve, and uh, they got married. That was great. And then they started having some offspring. That's great. And they lived in Virginia. And then God got a hold of their hearts. They decided to move back to Kansas. And uh, they moved here. And so now here's Alice, who I got to know as a single girl now, Brother Steve, that's the beginning of a generation, and now they've had the procreated. We have these children of theirs, and I'm like, first generation, second generation, third generation. And I said, the real blessing is I get to hold the fourth generation, little Paisley. I get to hold her, watch her grow up. Love it, love it, love it. I've watched Tiffany go off to Bible college and drag that Longhorn fan back here who will forgive We'll let him in Kansas country, but uh, we tried to convert him, get him over to being saved and all that, but we're, we're still having to work. But then to watch their family grow, 
to watch them grow up. And if the Lord wills, then I get to watch the girls have uh, children, the boys marry girls, and all those kind of things. It's the greatest blessing, I think, about being in the pastorate for all these years. And the great thing is, is that Alice selected a guy who loved the Lord. They've had children. They instilled in their children to love the Lord. And now their children, having children, instilling in their children to love the Lord. That's what he's talking about here. One generation to the next. Passing on that love for God. You know, as a parent, I think if I fail to pass on my love for God to my generation of children, those that God has brought into my household, I'll feel like a great failure. It's often said of the great Billy Sunday as he lay dying on his deathbed through tears. He said, my greatest regret is that I've won thousands to the Lord and yet I've lost my own children. What a sad situation. But not only is it a parental family generation thing, then there's the generation of us. We are a generation. And we need to do all that we can to pass it on to our generation, right? So we had missions conference last week. We had missionaries in from around the world, going around the world, and we support them so that they can go. Carry the good news of Jesus Christ that we might reach our generation for the cause of Christ. And then as I come to the point in my life where this life will end, if the Lord still tarries his coming, then I want to impact the generation after me. I want them to know. I want my grandchildren to know. Why was it that Papa loved the Lord? Why was it that Papa was a Baptist preacher? Why was it that he traveled around and preached the good news of Jesus Christ? It's because he's the only hope for our world. Jesus is the answer for lost and dying souls of men and women around the world. Passing on from one generation to the next. That brings us to our third point, which is good and goodness. Verses 7 and 9. And they shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great, we've covered the great, it was in the first part, great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies over all his works. I think that we'd have to say that we'd be pretty ignorant people if we didn't realize God's hand of goodness upon us. God's hand of goodness. All I have to do is sit down and begin to retrace in my mind my life and begin to look back from the point that God brought Cindy into my life and that God uh, worked to mold us together to come to the point where we uh, got married to one another and then brought us through raising children and coming into ministry and, and ministering here all these years. And I look back over my life, I can't help but say, man, God's been good to me. God's been good to me. His goodness has just been overflowing in every area of my life. I have so much to be thankful for. By the way, you do too. If you don't believe it, just buy a ticket. And let's say, go to Cambodia. Go to some third world country that doesn't believe in God. And then fly back to America. Fly to some third world country where people live in boxes alongside the street. They have no such thing as flowing water. They have to go down with a, a plastic jug and fill it with water and bring it back to the house. And bring it back to the house. And they live right there on the street, day in and day out, 
to have a house they have no idea, to have an apartment they have no idea. They have no idea that you can possess stuff and that you can own stuff and that you can be really selective when you go to the supermarket about what you're going to eat and about what you're going to buy. They have no idea about that. Just go to a third world country and then come back to America. And you're a very ungrateful person if you don't realize that God is good to me. Just allowing me to be an American is one of the greatest blessings of all. Just remember this verse in the Bible, to whom much is given, much is required. See God's goodness and to see his hand of goodness upon our lives and to witness and testify of the many things that he tells us over and over again. The Bible tells us that the Lord is good. Brings us to the fourth point, which is gracious. Verse number eight, gracious. Here in verse number eight, we read, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. Man, I'm so glad that our Lord is gracious and full of compassion. I'm thankful that he's slow to anger and of great mercy. That word gracious there means favorable, kind, kindly, uh, benevolent, merciful, disposed to forgiving offenses and impart unmerited blessings, proceeding from divine grace as a person in a gracious state, renewed or implanted by grace as gracious affections. I love meeting a gracious person. A gracious person. Years ago, I was introduced as a young pastor, came here to, as my first pastorate. I remember years ago, I was introduced to Brother Byers, Overland Park Baptist Temple. Brother Byers was a Christian gentleman. He conducted himself well. He conducted himself with a demeanor of graciousness. I don't know how many times as a young pastor, I would turn to him and ask a question, ask about how would you handle this situation or how would you do that? And he was always so gracious to take the time to invest in a younger man. I can remember... Uh, when Brother Cooper was so sick in the hospital. I would go many times to the hospital room to visit Brother Cooper, and there Brother Byers had already pinned up one of his tracks. Just let me know. I'd been there. I prayed with, your, with the guy from your church. We love him. We care for all Christians. We want God's bless upon him. Such a gracious man. You know, guys, we ought to all seek to be a gracious Christian man. We don't have to be hateful and mean. It, hateful and mean, that's what the world does. Right? That's the world's anatomy, if you would. That's their desire. That's their descriptive term. Hateful and mean. Get out of my way. I ain't got time for you. Good, godly Christian man just carries himself with a demeanor to let you know it's okay. I can disarm myself. I can come off of of watch force, you know, being alert. I can relax. We can talk about the things of God. He cares to listen to my input and my opinion. He wants to know. He wants to hear. It's just good to be with a gracious, godly man. And then there's gracious, godly women. I love gracious, godly women. My grandma Ollie was a gracious, godly woman. I loved her so much. She would come and stay with us as young boys. Uh, I never knew a grandpa. My dad's dad had died when uh, he was uh, eighth grade, 
and then she had remarried, and that was short-lived, and then it, so it was just grandma. That's all I ever remember. It was my grandma Ollie. And she would come and stay with us. I got a picture of us on the couch, and I think I'm probably eight or nine years old, and my brother would have been eight, or I would have been eight. He'd been seven. He had a year difference. And I got this picture of my grandma sitting in the middle of the couch, and each one of us on one of her legs, just laying down, grandma in the center, talking to us, reading the stories. Whoa, what a, what a thing to have a great, gracious, godly lady to leave such an impact in your life. To look back and go, man, I miss grandma. I miss a lot of people and a lot of things. I miss grandma because she was such a good, godly, Christian Gracious lady. Ladies, it's easy sometimes to become bitter, hurtful. Easy to give over to feelings rather than to keep yourself in check and to say, I'm going to be a good godly. And by the way, it carries for all of us, right? We all have to make this the choice. I'm going to be a good godly Christian gracious example to all those around me. I want them to see Christ in me. No greater calling for a Christian than the world would look at you and go, there's something different about you. The way you carry yourself, your demeanor, the way you care about people, and that's the way being a good, godly Christian should come across through our life. The fifth thing is found in verse number 11 and verse number 12. Verse number 11 and verse number 12, we read, They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom, and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty act and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. And so we have the word glory and glorious. Glory means an abundance, whether it be wealth, treasure, honor, honor and dignity, splendor, brightness, majesty, the uh, glory of moral attributes, the infinite, infinite perfections of God, and so uh, we need to have uh, glory for the Lord. He needs to be exalted in our life. And then he is glorious, so an adjective. Uh, he is exalted. He's excellent in splendor. There is none like him. He is resplendent in majesty and divine attributes. In Exodus fifteen eleven, we read, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Or who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness? fearful in praises, doing wonders. Listen, we realize that we serve the one true God. There's only one God, and we ought to serve Him. We need to find Him. We need to uh, tie ourselves to Him. We need to identify ourselves to Him. He is the one true God. The world is full of their fakes. The world says, oh, you ought to be God of your own life. Boy, what a, what a letdown that would be. Being my own God, whew, what a letdown. My God is so much higher than that. He is creator of the universe, lover of my soul. Matter of fact, Jeremiah 10.10, we read, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, an everlasting king. At his wrath the earth shall tremble, and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. In John 17.3, we read, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent, he is the one true God. And he ought to be treated 
as if he were. I'm afraid that so many times, if we're not careful, we bring God down to us. And I think there's a, there, in some ways there is a rightness in the fact that God loves us. He's like a brother to us. He's like a father to us. I get that, but we must also always remember that he is higher than us. He does not live on our level. He comes to us and he'll help us and he'll meet our needs, but he is so much higher than us and he is to be exalted and praised and lifted up and glorified with our lives. He is our God. He is glorious and truly worthy of all praise, glory, and honor. Leads us to our sixth point, givest. Givest. Verse 15. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. That EST means most. He does not just give a little to get by on. He gives the most that we need. Psalm 65.10 says, Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. In Psalms 132, verse 15, I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Ephesians 3, 20, we read, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. He is a great and awesome God that giveth and gives and gives and gives. And he gives the most. He gives what we need. He gives to our supply. He is truly to be praised. So as David concludes with Psalms 145, the final psalm that he, he inks about God, he does it with the fact that I want God to be praised. He has done so much for me. I want the generation to come to know that there's only one true God. He is God of all. He is Lord God Almighty. And He will come and every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that He is God. And he is to be glorified. And He is to be exalted. And He is to be praised. Christian, I challenge you this week, Praise God. Make time for Him. In your Bible reading, in your, in your prayer time, just cut out some time and say, God, I just want to praise you for who you are. I want to glorify you for who you are. You're the gracious, wonderful God, and I thank you that you're my God, and I want to serve you with my life. Lord Jesus, we love you today, and we thank you so much for Psalms 145. What a wonderful challenge from David that we are to recognize the G-force in our life, that we, these, all these G's that speak of our God, that we ought to recognize God and glorify Him for those things. God, have Your will in our lives and our hearts. This week, might we serve You in a greater way. Might we show forth Your goodness and Your greatness to those around us. Help us if we're fighting Satan and he's got us down and he's holding over us the fact that uh, that we're Christian, and Lord, might we just show him that we serve a great and awesome God, and he is to be glorified above all. Have your will in this invitation. We love you, and we ask these things in your wonderful and most precious name. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Brother Foster is going to lead us in a song. Just as I am, God spoke to your heart. Encourage you to come, whatever your need. Just, just as, as 
Good to be in the Lord's house today and to have each one of you with us. A few things from the bulletin uh, patch program starting at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, if you don't have any plans, I encourage you to come back and uh, see our children as they will perform those things they've been studying. And then um, following that, we're going to have a teen uh, parent meeting. And so uh, if you could attend that, uh, teens and parents. Uh, youth rally coming up this Friday night. <clears throat> we leave the church at eight, uh, 545, I'm sorry. Uh, 5.45, they need $12 cash. They're going to be back after midnight. Uh, teen cleaning uh, take place on uh, Saturday the 18th. Uh, start here at the church at 10 o'clock, and then they'll go to lunch afterwards. A special speaker next Sunday, Augustus Lukey, is going to be with us. He's a missionary builder from Brother Quigley's church. Excited to have him and his wife with us. Uh, going to be going about building churches, helping to save money that way. Uh, man camp the 24th, 25th down at Mountain Vernon. Uh, men be praying about that. Ladies dinner. Uh, ladies going to get together, go out on 24th at 6.30. There is a sign-up sheet so they can get an idea of how many to make a reservation for down at Jose's Peppers. Uh, ladies retreat coming up uh, the 21st through 25th of April at Riverside Baptist St. Joe. Cost is $35. And there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Pray for these in the prayer area. We just don't print a bunch of names here, you know, so we can fill sp uh, space. But the latest one added there is Shirley Philhauer. She uh, had a hip replaced uh, last week, and uh, she is now at Westchester, which is over by the High V off of Flum, and at the rehab there. It's kind of in back, tucked back in there. Uh, if you get a chance, you can go by and see her. If not, drop her a card. I know it would encourage her. And uh, so let's do that and be a help along those lines. Pray for the rest of these that are listed, uh, that God be glorified uh, through all that is done there in their lives. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for this day in your house. And Lord, we pray that you'd be with us as we leave here. Keep us safe. Use us for your glory. Help us to glorify you in all we do. 
We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.